Blog Talk Radio. Warning. You have entered the realm of the gods. So give us your mind and your full attention. So you say you deal with esoteric information? I never heard of such. Well, you're in for a treat. Turner Cuff L. Bay is in the house with us tonight. 
and we're going to be getting into some very important information because there's an issue about which manner that we should roll with. Um, so tonight's conversation is going to be mission impossible or open to all possibilities. Um, you have to take your case uh, based on your taste. And we won't be waste any more time. So we're going to get into it tonight, and I'm going to bring in my co-host, Brother Fahim. Are you here? Uh, uh, how I tell you, Washita East? Yeah, I tell you, Washita East. Jacques, how are you tonight? I'm good, brother. How yourself? No way. Doing good, doing good. So let's get into Mission Impossible or Open to All Possibilities. Um. I spoke with you a little bit earlier, Brother L. What, what, I mean, what you take from that topic right there, from, from that phrase that, that we um, put together? Well, it, 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 it asks you which, which uh, direction we need to go. Uh, the, I, I put it this way. Uh, uh, the direction we have been going for the last, I don't know, I know you've been going, uh, going on, uh, going, uh, doing it for longer than I have. Uh, we have uh, read books. We had gave lectures uh, dealing with law, civics, history, uh, the history of the indigenous people of the world, uh, uh, social science, uh, healing techniques, how to heal the self, heal oneself, meditation, breathing, uh, you name it. You know, good guy. So we done went through quite a bit of topics, then, brother. L. have them. And guess what? I, there was a nerve for an individual to hit me up on YouTube to tell me that I say um too many times, and that's all they got from all of that information that you just finished talking about. See, this is the idiocy uh, of the individuals, you know, um, who's on social media nowadays. Whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or whether it's uh, Google Plus or YouTube, um, there's there's still so many ignorant people, you know, um, in the world, brother L. And yes, it is. You know, I'm not perfect. You know, sometimes I say, you know, I might misquote something or I might um, say something that that's not, you know, eloquent or the best pronunciation, you know, because you're trying to get back information. Yeah. You know, we're trying to get back our heritage, our, my story, your story, our story, you know, not his story. You're trying to do what we can for ourselves, you know, and so sometimes you just have to bear with each other. You know, that's what we have to do. We have to learn how to bear with each other. Right now, I'm seeing so much uh, ignorance that's going on, yes. and it's, I mean, it's somewhat intolerable, you know, but I, I try to bear with it, you know, um, especially when they're trying to get at me about, you know, nonsense. And like you said, Brother L, out of all that information, life-saving information from the physical to the spiritual, that's all they walked away with was me saying, um. Now, I've watched President Barack Obama make speeches, and he said, uh, uh, you know, like every other word. I do that a lot myself. Right, but Europeans would say, oh, he's so eloquent. 
<laughs> That's because the R sound, the R sound, A-H sound, resonates at the heart chakra. The people who can't even feel his frequency are those who are not even resonating at the heart chakra. Because that's what the ah sound is. However, the om sound resonates the whole body and spirit plane. It is the beginning tone of the universe according to the Sanskrit Vedic text and teachings. Um, so, you know, when I say um, I'm trying to tap back into the divine essence of where that information in which that I'm trying to retrieve, I'm trying to bring it out so that you can get the most holistic and best information that I possibly can provide at this particular time. Um, so if you get it, you get it. If you don't, too bad. You might need another teacher or you might need to continue um, going back and rewinding, recording, or whatever you need to do in order to get it. But what I have to give, you know, is for those in which that want it. And it's just that simple. So this is Mission Impossible or open to all possibilities. So, it's been a mission, Brother L, for myself for over the last 25 years to get this information out to the people mm-hmm. um, in, any, in every shape, form, and fashion that I can possibly think of. Um, as you stated, you, you list the majority of the facets in which that we have utilized. <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, what else you think that can be done? I don't see anything else that can be done. I, I, all I can say is we keep doing them. Uh, I know I do a lot of us. Uh, I do a lot of cough because of, my, because of this cough allergy I have, you know. Uh, uh, I mean, man, I I got books. I read, read from the books, and I give you my take on them, you know, and I deal with uh, some of the ignoramuses on the YouTube, like uh, – uh, certain people, you know, uh, especially that call themselves conscious, call themselves chiefs of certain uh, tribes, you know, talking ignorant, you know, and uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, talking about we are not the Washington is not indigenous to America, you know, and it's been overly, uh, overly proven that we are indigenous to this land. We are more indigenous than the oldest indigenous people in the world. Well, let's let's deal with that issue, brother Al, because uh, we all listed at well, hold on, we all listed at the United Nations since 1993 to be the oldest indigenous people on the face of the earth. That's us, Washington. Now, the problem is, is that people don't know what Washington is, brother Al. And remember, I went I went over that in class actually yesterday. Yeah. In order to clear, in order to clear, well, Monday rather to clear up the misconceptions that is taking place in the so-called conscious community. So um, maybe you might want to speak on some of the things that we talked about um, concerning that, because we did break that down, and maybe that was the issue. Yes. Uh, the thing about... Uh, we went to the Treaty of Camp Holmes. The, the Treaty of Camp Holmes? Right, right. 1835. Right, right. We went to the Treaty of Camp Holmes, and people believe that Washington is simply a family from out of Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, somebody told you me know? that. It's supposed to be conscious yeah, system. I, I ain't going to say a name. But, uh, right, right. Know. 
but it can't be too conscious because they haven't done enough research and study. Now, I wonder if they're going to change their point of view when we go to the Treaty of Camp Holmes and read the preamble. It states specifically that the treaty was the Comanche and Wichita Indians and the associated bands, that is with an S, in both Indians and mm-hmm. bands. Now, it says, for the purpose of establishing and perpetrating peace and friendship between the United States of America and the Comanche and Wichita Nations. Now, when many nations band together, what do it become, Brother L? It becomes a treaty. And, and it becomes and, an and, empire. And the empire. Right. And they, and they must right. be sovereign nations. Oh, snap. Right. Because of what, Brother L? Because the United States can't do a treaty with what? A family, can they? No, they cannot. Well, hold on. Hold on. Explain that, Brother L. How do you know that for sure? Because... Uh, uh, you, if you get, get the book uh, dealing with the Constitution of the United States by uh, Doctor, uh, what's his name, Coleman, is his last name, and he he explains it. You know, you cannot okay. do a treaty with an organization or a, a family, a company, or any of that. It must be a sovereign nation. Mm. On the way, another no, nation can is- recognize you as a sovereign nation. You have to be a sovereign nation yourself, and we are recognized by, by 144 nations all over the world. Mm. And, so, and the Hill, congressional read, record. Right. So when I read the Treaty of Camp Holmes Treaty, and it states that the United States of America and, which is a corporation, the one, specifically since 1871, the United States Corporation as it is now, when they did this treaty in 1835, as you said, which was, um, what, we say approximately, what, 30, what, 30, what's that, 36 years before? Yeah. Right, so it says United States of America and the Comanche and Wichita Nation and their associated bands of tribes of Indians and between these nations or tribes and the Cherokee, Muscogee, which is the Creek, the Choctaw, which is the Washita, the Osage, the Seneca, and Papa nations and tribes of Indians. And it says that the President of the United States has to accomplish this desirable object and to aid therein appointed Governor M. Stokes, M. Arbuckle, Brigadier General, and United States Army F.W. Armstrong, acting superintendent. Western Territory Commissioners on the part of the United States and the Senate Governor M. Stokes and M. Arbuckle, Brigadier General, United States Army, with the Chief and Representatives of the Cherokee Muskogee, which is the Creek, the Choctaw, Washita, which is also which is the Wichita Nation, Osage, Seneca, and Quapa Nation, or tribes of Indians, have met the chief warriors and representatives of the tribes first above named at Camp Home, 
on the eastern border of the Grand Prairie near the Canadian River in the Muskogee Nation, and after full deliberation, the same nations or tribes have agreed with the United States and with one another upon the following articles. Article 1. There shall be perpetual peace and friendship between all the citizens of the United States of America and all individuals composing the Comanche and Wichita nations and their associated bands or tribes of Indians and between those nations or tribes and the Cherokee, Muskogee, Choctaw, Osage, Seneca, and Quapak nations and tribes of Indians. Now, Brother L, they tell us about the five civilized tribes. Yeah. Three out of the one, three out of the seven that I just mentioned is part of the civilized, so-called five civilized tribes. The Cherokee, Muskogee, which is the um, Creek, and the Choctaw. You have the right. Chickasaw and you have the Seminole. Now, these are the tribes of the Wichita nations in which they speak of. And once again, when nations come together, they form an empire. So you have the Wichita or Wichita, he does the money, which means the mound builders, nation, which is i.e. empire. Now, this isn't hard to understand. But it seems as if there's a problem because people don't comprehend too well. And that's one thing. Evidently not. Right. That's one thing. I can comprehend very well. I have no problem in comprehending and putting pieces of this puzzle together. All right. This is the jealousy in which that takes place in the conscious community because we do this very well. Now, I might not be the most eloquent speaker. But I definitely can put this information together and make sense of it all because just like people tell you that, oh, it's just a family, well, I just broke that bound and broke that down and explained that it's not just a family. It is bands, associated bands, and I named the bands, and I named the um, native tribes who we refer to as the indigenous people of those tribes in which that forms and makes up the nation. So this is a lie that is taking place within the so-called conscious community. That's what it is. That's not true. That's why I no longer say, I, I, I don't say I'm part of the conscious community. All right? We done went down. We done went deep into the abyss. We in the subconscious community nowadays. <laughs> okay? <laughs> All right? So this is the truth of the matter. Now prove me wrong. This is United States Treaty 1835. Okay? So this is to all the so-called naysayers. You know, which, 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 how you feel about it, Brother Now, I could give you an example. I told, I, I told you and the brother Amir I was going to call the United Nations. To, oh, there I, I was going to send them my uh, nationality papers. There mm-hmm. I went through about three or four departments up there. And they mm-hmm. kept on telling me, sir, uh, no, we don't do it like that. I said, I wanted to kind of, you know, I want to register myself, you know, as an indigenous, you know, person uh, with the United Nations. 
Like, well, sir, let right. me send you to another department. They told me the same thing. They got they got people to come to me and talk to me. They said, well, Mr. L, we only recognize tribes, nations. You cannot be an individual. We don't do it like that. What they were right. telling so me, they don't do so, individual hold, hold, people. Hold on, brother. So even the United Nations don't deal with individuals. This is the reason why that when they took the case of Mike Brown or Michael Brown to the United Nations, right? Was that Michael Brown that they took to the United Nations, yep. brother? Al? Yep, that was him. Um, the family. Was him. It was right. The family went as Negro, black, and colored to the United Nations. And they don't recognize families, number one, and definitely don't recognize Negro, Black, and Colored status. Nope. Correct? That's okay. correct. So what did they tell you, Brother L? They said, no, sir, you have to be a part of a tribe. I said, I am. I'm the Washita. She said, oh, well, yeah, well, sir, well, you are already registered with them. Oh. So your name is among all those other thousands of names with the Washita Nation. But mm. he said, no, sir, we can't take you as an individual. We, we, we don't do that. Mm. This is my own personal experience. There ain't nothing I saw on YouTube. There ain't nothing I read in no book. This ain't nothing I read in some I saw on no DVD. This is my own personal experience I'm talking mm. about. So I mm. know what you're saying to be true. Exactly. Now, many, many don't know who the Washita Nation of Moors or the Washita Dugdamanya uh, Empire of Moors are. So we're going to go through a little historical synopsis, you know, because we find out, Brother L, is that whether you live in Peru, Mexico, um, Isabella, which is now called Cuba, or the so-called United States, Canada or Alaska, you know, um, or European inventions, of course, which comprises the land of the culture more. Now, the descendants from the ancient Amoru nation, which is the Amoru Washington, the Moors, the father of civilization, began on the great island empire of Mu or Lemuria, right? When about 8,000 years ago, a natural catastrophe um, overwhelmed the ancient motherland and some of its survivors made their way to what has since been known as North Central and South Maxim or America. You know, this is part of the historical synopsis of which has been given to us by Professor Ravana Bay from out of Chicago. All right? Now, I spoke with um, and interviewed Brother Kalindi Ehi, Baba Kalindi Ehi, last week, all right, and he told me that there's also a catastrophe that took place on which that now is referred to as a flood, what we refer to as the biblical flood story or Sumerian flood story, that took place about 26,000 years ago when meteorites hit the um, ice caps, in which that caused the ice caps to melt, in which that caused the um, increase in water you know, throughout the land, the various land masses or continents. And that becomes the story of the so-called flight, which that we now have. And the same thing is happening now 
Uh, and that was really during one of the last ice ages coming out to the last ice age, and it ended about 10,000 years ago. So between 30,000 years ago to 10,000 years ago was when this catastrophe of that sort took place. Now, um, that's interesting mm-hmm. because we know that in the pre-dynastic period of Egypt, all right, and if you read, uh, I think it's called Ancient, it's called, the name of the book is called Ancient, um, name of the book. I think it's Ancient Freemasonry, and I can't remember the whole title, but it's something like the Ancient Freemasonry, but this is what he says. Um, this is by um, Charles, and I can't remember his last name right now. Ledbetter? No, it's not Charles Ledbetter. Um, it's another Charles, but he says we are not indebted to either ancient Egypt or neither religion or masonry, but to America. It is a fact that at Memphis, Egypt, in the pyramid, under the guidance of the king, the mystic rites of masonry were worked many thousands of years ago. So after the destruction in 26,000 years ago, what happened was is that those who survived took the ancient mysteries and began to start decode, uh, started coding them. And it says, but at this time, Egypt and the continent of America were one and the same. Now, this makes sense because we have found in the Grand Canyon 18 Egyptian temples. The Temple of Isis or Set, the Temple of Ra, the Temple of Heru, etc., etc. All right? It says, in America, rediscovered in the 15th century and repopulated in the 17th century, was recovered Egypt and the Promised Land or the land of the constellation of the eagle. So this is how America gets the symbol of the eagle, which symbolizes the resurrection symbol of Osar transformation into Heru. Hence the term Peru in South America. Okay? So we know this to be true because in the Arizona Gazette on Friday evening, March 12, 1909, it speaks of the various tombs and temple that was built. Right? It says, I'm going to have to um, put your background, Brother Elliot. It's got a lot of status in it, right quick. Okay. Okay. I'm going I'm to turn you right back on in a few seconds. Okay. After I just want to come in and get you. Okay. All right, so, as I was saying, the Egyptians came to the Grand Canyon around 1700 B.C. This is proven by the fact that there are 18 temples in Arizona at the Grand Canyon. So, we spoke of the Arizona Gazette, but when you go and read um, archaeological cover-ups by David Childress, he states, perhaps the most amazing suppressing 
suppression of all is the excavation of an Egyptian tomb by the Smithsonian itself in Arizona. A lengthy full-page story of the Phoenix Gazette on April the 5th, 1909. So you had one Arizona Gazette, you had Arizona Gazette that March 12th, 1909, they published the story. And then again, Phoenix Gazette from out of Arizona published April the 5th, 1909, gave a highly detailed report of the discovery and excavation of a rock cut on vault by an expedition led by Professor S.A. Jordan of the Smithsonian. The Smithsonian, however, claims it has absolutely no knowledge of the discovery or its discoverers. Now, that's amazing because here we have two articles proving the lies and the cover-ups. Right? So, according to Earthways, the newsletter of the Sojourner Truth Farm School, August 1995, and then it was reprinted the Freedom Press News Letter, spring of 1996. Empress Verdiasi Sierra Washington, Washita, Turnica, Gaston Bay stated that the Washita were and still is a nation of Africans who existed in the southern United States and Mississippi Valley region long before the 16th century Europeans arrived and even before there were Native Americans. The so-called red men, all right, and you know that we really are the red or the copper-colored people, on the, which means American, on the land the Washita once occupied and still occupy today. Indigenous people have been all over the world, and specifically on the North American continent for hundreds and thousands of years. Actually, there were some Washita here even before the Africans arrived, all right, because you do have many impacts of the Africans coming here and vice versa. But most of the information of the Africans coming here because we know of the Olmecs who came over 5,000 years ago. We know of 168 to almost 200 years before Columbus came, we know of Abu Bakari, Master Abu Bakari II coming here with 1,200 ships or more. Some say that he had 200 ships on the first um, expedition, and then on the second expedition, he himself came with 1,000 ships. Some say it was high as 2,000 ships. So we talk about between 1,200 to 2,200 ships from out of the same area that they claim that they snatch your black ass from or your African ass from. But yet, this is 200 years before. So if you got here on a ship. It wasn't by the European. It was by Mansa Abu Bakari II. With those 1,200 to 2,200 ships that came. That's how you got here. For those who just want to claim their African culture. Or their African history. And want to speak about the so-called Atlantic trade. But you was no slave because this happened 168 to almost 200 years before Columbus came. All right? And 
the Europeans state that they bought 20 in 1619. They bought 20 so-called Negroes. But now understand that Negroes is not the same as Africans. So the Negroes that they was talking about, truthfully, was those in which that they mixed up between the coasts of them running down from North America, Central America, into South America, and back up, or into the adjoining islands called the Caribbean or Caribbean islands. That is it. That's where they got those so-called 19, those, um, in 1619, those 20 so-called Negroes from. They did not come from Africa. All right? Understand that we look the same in the sense of our dark skin or dark hue. Now, of course, there's some phenotypes which that looks um, a little different. But other than that, um, we look the same. Um, you know, as far as, you know, the pigmentation, you know, uh, in most regards, of course, you know, they on a whole is darker than the vast majority of us are. But we would still be put in the same category as Africans, as they have put us in as being African-American. So we're not saying that we did not come from Africa. We're just saying that the Europeans don't have the ability to say we came from Africa because they never bought us and that we was already the Americans that they had named and have defined in their own books. If I'm not mistaken, Brother L, you got the 1828 Noah's Webster Dictionary, and it states that Americans were who? The Aboriginal Right? Copper color. Copper color. Copper people. Right. The Aboriginals was the various copper colored natives or people that existed here prior to the Europeans coming or when the Europeans found them. We was already here. So this verifies what the Empress just spoke about, right or wrong. Right. Right. So now the problem is is that how did it take place? Well, we do know that there was land mass in which that were together, in which that was called Pangea or Asia, it's the term Asiatic, Caucasian, Asian, and all of us are Asian because we're um, Asia within Hebrew means body, and we all have a body, a physical body, so we are all Asians in that sense, but we ourselves are Asiatic in that term. Now, when all the land masses were together, it's called Pangea or Asia. And, and when we get to what Dr. Khaled said, Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad, he said something very important. He said, Africa is not our home. Africa is our throne. And from our throne, we ruled our home, which was 196,940,000 square miles of the planet Earth. He said, so you want to claim a spot or the whole thing? The whole right? thing. Right. Right now, now, Brother L, you and I, we was, you know, we was in the Nation of Islam. I was, you know, being groomed to become a uh, assistant minister in the Nation of Islam. And, uh, um, you know, and I can tell you that, and I, plus I knew Dr. Khaled personally. Like I, like I told him in the city debate, I didn't have to um, see him on YouTube. I sat next to him. I shook his hand. I spoke with him. We talked. We built. You know, we went to um, various lectures um, together. We did that Steve Co- several Steve Copeland lectures together. Him and Steve Copeland was good friends. 
And anyone who sees Dr. Khalid Muhammad last tape, he specifically states that he's a Moor. And if he wasn't a Moor, he wouldn't have said he was a Moor. Would have said he was a Moor. And he didn't mean it. And when he normally says something, genuinely, he means it. All right? Usually, he means it. So, this is what Dr. Collins said himself. You know, and this is the problem. So, for those that just want to, you know, utilize the definitions of the European, um, look at it from both aspects. If you're looking at it from just your African aspect, which is first of being African-American, but also look at your American aspect, right? Being that you are so-called African-American, but you're not a U.S. citizen regardless. Because the, thir- the um, 13th Amendment supposedly freed you, all right? And if you go back and do the history research, you can find out that the Gullah Geechee people from out of South Carolina, Buford, Banded with the Yamasee or the Yamasee and the Seminole and whooped up on the Europeans in the South for 200 years. Over 200 years. All right? From out of Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, the Carolinas. That's where these battles were. All right? They refuse to be enslaved. Right. So you, for those who accepted to be um, halted off into Oklahoma, when we do get Black Wall Street later on, these are the same people. All right? But these so-called Indians that they led from out of Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, during the Removal Act of on the 1800s under Andrew Jackson, they was hauled off thousands of miles into Oklahoma. And allegedly, that was called the Trails of Tears, right or wrong, brother Al? That's right. That's what they told us. And during this Trails of Tears, they didn't tell you that there was tens of thousands of us on that walk. All right, and this is these are the people who now later on in history formed by the 1920s formed um, what we love to refer to as Black Wall Street. The same ones that they walked out from out of Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. As I showed, we also had um, so-called Indians moved out from. Even the northern area, Midwest portion from out of Ohio and several other territories. These were the Seneca people who was one of the people that we just named as being part of the Washita or Washita Nation. Some of the Seneca ran off and went into Canada. Others got pushed off into Oklahoma also. So Oklahoma became the hub for those who became part of the Wichita Nation. The Cherokee lived in Georgia, Tennessee, and the Carolinas. It was the largest tribe 
in the Carolinas was the Cherokee. This is why now you have the East Cherokee and the Western Cherokee. The Western Cherokee was originally all of us. Now, these $5 Indians and $5 men, as I refer to them as, have come in. They have paid, their ancestors paid themselves to get on the doors rolls to receive the benefit of the so-called Native Americans or indigenous people. Okay. Um, anything you want to add to that, Brother Al? Uh, yes. Uh, like I said, everything you just said tonight clears a lot of things up. But Chief Langley uh, said about you know, Moors not being indigenous to America, you know, he how he sees Moors as a fraternity like the Freemasons, uh, so, uh, but a society of uh, people that came from uh, North Africa, the ones that invaded Spain, you know, that shows his, his his knowledge is very, very, very limited when it comes to Moors or when it comes to himself as a Moor because he keep on saying he is attached to the land of America. Well, that is a Moor. One who's attached, a, a woman or man or child that's attached to the soil of the land and the waters of the earth. That is a more. Well, Brother L, I think we explain that even in the European definition, when you look up land in the Black Star Dictionary, fourth edition, it states specifically that land is moors, M O O R S. Yep. Right or wrong, Brother L? Right. So that means. That means land and moors are synonymous. It also means that they are interchangeable. So moors equals or means land. And the most viable asset that you can have is land. So hence the reason why they turn your land into collateral for their debt as a corporation. And had you pretend and gave you privileges to think that you were citizens of the United States. But yet, you're a second-class citizen. How can you be a second-class citizen if you're a citizen? Right. Well, I'll tell you how. Because you accepted their privileges over God-given rights. Exactly. Now, to speak on that, Brother L, I mean, the yeah, report by Dr. Right. Now, 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 there's a report also by Dr. Bert Eli, and he did a 12,000-year-old reconstruction on a face from a skull found in Brazil who looks like Cicely Tyson. Right? <laughs> and <clears throat> he's a biological professor in the University College of Arts and Sciences, and his colleague at the universities of Massachusetts and Maryland revealed that fewer than 10% of the African-American mitochondrial DNA sequences that was analyzed could be matched to mitochondrial DNA on one single African ethnicity. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. But when you go and read, the first Africans were, the first Americans were Africans, documented evidence by Dr. Imhotep PhD, but when you go and read the Paleo-American, a primer on ancient American history by um, Dr. Nasir M. Uh, Nahai Ali, they speak of the Paleo-American is the first Homo sapiens to inhabit the Americas. 
predating the Covis culture. The prefix paleo means ancient in Greek. So another way of saying paleo-American would be ancient, ancient what? American. Right. All right? So for over 50 years, scientists have known that the paleo-American predated the Covis. People who they kept claiming were here first. But now they find out that the polyamericans were here. Guess who they claim the polyamericans actually are? You <laughs> and I. So one of the oldest polyamerican ancestors dated back approximately 11,500 years before present, right? And it says at an archaeological site in the Lago Santa, Brazil, a female polyamerican remains were undiscovered in 1973. Around here, brother L. All right, yeah, seventy-five. So, um, being one of the oldest ancient American identities, she was called Lucia, which means light. Her remains are intact enough such that her face was reconstructed by Dr. Richard Nave from the University of Massachusetts. Okay. From the University of Massachusetts. Now, 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 hold on. Let's continue reading in this article because he said something very important. This is what he says now. What is surprising is that Lucia's face does not look like a Mongolian type associated with the modern day American Indian. Uh oh. Uh-uh. <laughs> in 1999, Walter Nave published a research article that the genetics and the molecular biology where he provided evidence that the first Americans looked more like Australian Aborigines or Malaysians. Oh, that is what, this is what they're saying, brother. They dropped it. The term American, like the term American Aboriginal or Aboriginal American, or the ancient one, uh-oh, and the ancient one. Now, hold on. Who, 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 the, well, now, who are the ancient, ancient ones? Hmm. Well, we know who wrote the that's Verdiasi, the Empress Verdiasi that's on our page, Her Highness herself. And she and this is what it says, it says we also would be using interchangeably with Paleo American. The term Aboriginal used by the author means a human exhibiting physical traits associated with genetically elder race on the planet Earth. Ab from and Latin and original first in a series. It is intended as a factual description based on mitochondrial DNA, not to imply infer superiority or inferiority in any shape, any way, shape, or normal fashion. These people have inhabited all continents for tens of thousands of years. Now, who? Uh-oh, here it comes, Brother L. In the United <laughs> States, people who fit this phenotypical description are often misnomed as black. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. So that, that, that tells it. Tells it all. Here it goes. So the question of who lived in America 50,000 years ago? Well, well, well. You <laughs> see, <It was> seen <laughs> that it must be you. Okay, so how many people was here when so-called Christopher Columbus arrived? 
it was over 5 million indigenous Americans present when Columbus arrived. Some say much more than that. And I say it was much more than that, as a matter of fact. We're going to say 5 million for, um, let's say 5 million for just the hell of it. Just for, you know, documentation wise. What we really come to find out is that actually there was over 90 million and they killed off 25 million. And then we classified millions of more. With thousands past began to start passing for whites. Others was killed off during genocide. Right. And William Hurst um, putting small plots, small pox on blankets. To Chief Pontiac, to the tribe, killing millions from Alaska down into Peru. Now tell me they're not maniacs. Right. Well, we know that Dr. Um, Walter Plucker, he directed the reclassification of nearly all Virginia Indians as colored on their birth certificate and marriage certificate because he was convinced that most Indians had African heritage and was trying to pass his Indians to evade irrigation. Because we mixed in, with, they mixed in with us so heavily that any well, other nationality on the planet. Well, we was already well, here, care. so who else? Well, who else could right. they have mixed in? <laughs> we was already here. Now, if you go to Saint America, there's a book talking about the Egyptian origin of An and the Sun Ra in America. This is what it says. Check this out. It says the most illustrious national name of America was therefore sacred to her people, written in their pictorial writings by a snake crossing a straight line and called Amaru, the great sun, which began to mean anything sacred at a later period. And when Americans went nearer to any of the temples that the law permitted, the police called Amorak. Stop. Don't do that. But these were the temples of their kings who were also the spiritual chiefs and they were the names given to the southern continent which first appeared in 1541 on the map of Gerard um, Mercata. Mercata, a subject of Charles V, by whom he was employed to make charts and a pupil of Eresius, whom he consulted, right? Or Farsius, Farsius, since Farsius had published his map in 1525, this is what it says. When the Native Americans wrote the sacred word Amaru, he drew a line and did the Amaras for the name, and this was the sign for Ka. Or land, hence America. So they're talking about the origin of the name America. And it says here, 
when appearing on earlier maps as appropriate honor to great navigator who had made the discovery. That was, however, only an additional acknowledgement of gratitude which the world owed him. It was previously made him admiral or viceroy of the West Indies, named the Colombian right, um, Sea. He was authorized to use the royal name all right, of Spain. Now, this is talking about Columbus, but let's come down. I don't want to dwell on him. The Spanish colonialists adopted the native name of America. You hear this? The Spanish colonialists adopted the native, 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 native huh. name of America to designate their first settlement on the mainland of the New World. But in those days, the rule of um, atherography was undefined. And in addition to the numerous errors of printing, names were spelled in any way which the writer considered most appropriate. And hence we have America not only written as America, Amerigo, America, America, and etc. All right. So America is an ancient term. Right. Is an ancient is native. It's ancient, exactly. This is what they don't want to tell you. But and Check this out, Brother Al. Guess what else they called it? I'm, I'm saving this for last. So, yes, we have the words America, America, which is M-A-R-A-C-A. We also have Amerigo, A-M-E-R-I-O-C-O, as in Americo Van Fusi, who got his name from the native tongue, all right, from this native Algonquin term, all right? Later on, becomes Algonquin from out of um, the Incas and Mayans, Toltecs, who are the descendants, as you know, of the Omex and America, and it says America, America, M A R A C A. Uh oh, here it comes, Brother L. Moraka, M O R A C A. Moraka, more. Moraka. Moraka. The land of the Moors. Oh, snap. Oh, my gosh. No, brother. No, you couldn't jump to that conclusion. No, you couldn't jump to that conclusion, brother. No, you couldn't have done that, brother. Uh. (laughs) All right, so. It says America is, all right, this, this is another chapter. It's on ancient America. Now, this is what it says. This is another book, and it says America is publicly or popularly supposed to have received the name of Mariner America's Van Actually, his name was Alberto Van son of Antichio Van Had the Italian sought immortality by christening the continent after himself, he would have surely have honored his family by calling it Vespucia, just as Columbia was after Christopher Columbus. In Central America, the name America signifies Great Mountain, invoking Maru. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Brother L. When you say Maru, 
I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, you go to Blackstone Dictionary. No, you go to Webster Universal Dictionary, 1937. It states America, by definition, are Aboriginal copper colored natives found by the Europeans. That's what it says. All right. Now, it says the original application of the name is Meru. M-E-R-U. Now, we've just been saying that. Check this out. In Central America, the name Americ signifies Great Mountain invoking Meru, the sacred mountains in the Hindu traditions say to be the center of seven continents. Ancient America was linked with India through lost memoria. The early Voyagers probably believe America to be the native word for the land itself. So they too would use it. A Vespucio comrade, instead of Albertico, would nickname him Amerigo. Italian um, cartography gleaned information about the New World from many sources and would surely spot the native name for the country, calling it America. So native tribes called the land Atlanta, echoing of Atlantis. All right? So, it returned up the Serpents of Wisdom by Mark Amaru Pinkham. All right? He tried to add himself up in his, as being in Amaru. All right? But anyway, he says here, one of the Earliest immortal serpents for moon to colonize Amaraka, M-A-M-A-M-A-R-A-K-A, was Aramu Muru, M-U-R-U, or Amaru Muru, M-A-M-A-R-U-M-U-R-U, the serpent Maru. According to legend, moments before moves final demise, the serpent Maru, along with his consort, Arama Mara, boarded an airship and headed to South America with a cargo of sacred records and artifacts, including a huge golden sundae. The mountains of South America, the Andes, resonated with the same yin vibration as the beloved move, and were this and was thus considered suitable for the preservation of the Mauryan culture. They were also home to the city of Paititi, one of the planetary headquarters of the Solar Brotherhood, an organization of Aramu Muru had been a high-ranking member of Omu, the serpent colony in South America. Now, this is the serpent colony in North America. Right, and it's called Amarica, the land of the serpent. That's what they refer to as Amarica. A M A R A K A, the land of the serpent. Being situated between both Atlantis and Lemuria made the Americas both a stepping stone and permanent destination for serpent colonies traveling from both motherlands. It was also a favorite destination for extraterrestrial serpents arriving from Venus and other parts of the cosmos. This is where it gets into um, astrological stuff and gets into spiritual stuff. I know some of this might be spooky to you who's listening, but get the book and read. 
According right. to the descendants of the early Memorian record keepers, the Andy Elders, the entire American landmass was actually known as America, the land of the immortals, or the land of the wise serpents. Now, this is what he said that the Lemurian record keepers, the Andy Elders say, from out of the Andy Mountains, Andy Elders say that this ancient land was called America. The land of their mortals, the land of the wise serpents. The title America is derived from the um question the Morian word Amaru, meaning serpent or snake. Right? The question, the language of the English, is derived from Runa Sima, the primal tongue spoken on Lemurian. And ends in the syllable the syllable ka, which denotes both serpent, and wisdom, as well as also spirit. Apparently echoing the recollection of the Andes elders, Helen Plavatsky maintained in the secret doctrine that America is referred to in the Hindu Parashna legend of Kotala, the kingdom of the Nagas, which is serpent. Mm -hmm. So so when they say that we're the niggas, we know exactly what they're really saying. We don't. <laughs> now, like I said, Webster Universal Dictionary, 1937, states an Aboriginal or one of the various copper colored natives found on the American continent by the descendants of European settlers. The following is the original application of the name Nauru. So when you go to ancient Egypt, because they had the same tongue, you have the teachings of Ptahotep, the oldest book in the world, and you find that Maru means the guardian. All right? The guardian. You can go to um, um, Heritage Restore. All right? Volume 2. All right? Written by Julio Rose. He writes, many historians allege that the honor and credit went to Americo Vespucci and Explorer, or better, Explorer. Cologne did not discover anything, nor did Americo Vespucci. Nor did they European name it. The word America was developed from the Metuneta name Maru, which means leader, chief, ruler. This is the reason why the president of the United States is known as the, of the, of the leader of the free world. The chief commander. Mm -hmm. You see? See, we got to dismiss all this nonsense. So he says the word America is how the Greeks call Maru when pronounced it is a Maru coast from the South American Indians, i.e., Tupac Amaru. The word America bears no relevance whatsoever to American Vespucci. This word is also borrowed by the Arabic language and is called Amir, meaning ruler, chief, governor, prince, etc. The Europeans' latest corruption of the word Meru reads Moro, M-E-R-O-E. If Christopher Columbus or Cristobal Colon discovered America, why then does Vespucci enjoy the credit and honor of having it named after him? So here we have Meru, or Meru, 
M-E-R-I-M-E-R-U. And it means Chief, Director, or Overseer. All right. Now, how does all of this connect, Brother L? This is what we're trying to ask. So we got to go to another book. This is why I'm giving out all these books, because this is how you do research. This is how you do study. Mm-hmm. See, if you was in school, you would have to do this. Had to go to right. the library, read books. See, I come from an era where we had to read books, not just do Internet research but Internet search. See, I had to read hundreds and thousands of books. This is how we was able to put this information together. All right, we're not a fly-by-day um, haphazard reader. You know, we had to read hundreds and thousands of books. All right? So this is what is coming from another good book. Um, also, you can go and read Stolen Legacy by George G. James. But in this particular book, it says, the Maru of Indian literature is none other than the Maro, M-E-R-O-E, Sheba of the Sudan. Remember Kush, Old Man Kush? This is where the Old Man Kush comes in at. A prime evil, Maru, that was long ago lost to cataclysm. The four kingdoms of Maru was Saka, were Magi, a Maga, which is Manga, which becomes who we refer to as the Mandinka people. So part of the Mandinka, you have the um, Dinka people from out of the east. Um, in um, Egypt and Sudan, and you have the Mandinka people from out of the west, which is um, Nigeria and Mali. You have the Masaka, and you have the Mansa um, people, Right, as in Mansa Musa and Mansa Abu Bakari and Mandinga, as we said. So the Maga, which are the Magi or Magi, or the Maka, which you get the word Mecca from, of the Persian inscription, this is what it says, but they'll check this out now. The Masaka in the Mahabharata was known as the Kash Triad. The Mandaga and Manda, also referred to as the Mata and the Mandi, these Mandinians had a four-parent family connected with the ancient Mandi speaking of Africa. Especially the Mandin or the Mandinka people were often um, occupied, occupied the Dravidians out of Middle Africa into Asia. They explain, this explains the close relationship between the Elamite, Elamite and the Mandinka language. The Kushites and the first cousin Kushites, Mandi kingdom line of the Omex Asians traveled to the southeast of West Nubian or Nuba Sudan and formed the ancient kingdoms of the Mayan, Inca, Arawak, Tatarib, and uh, Chikapani in South America. Now, hold up, Brother L. He just explained those connections historically from the various tribes. Right. And how we got here, as a matter of fact. 
at least portion of our heritage and ancestry. Okay? And this is why Prophet Nebuchadnezzar speaks of old man Cush in chapter 47. Because it says the Cushites and the first cousin Cushites Mandy kingdom line of the Omecs Asians traveled to the southeast of West Nubia, Sudan and formed the ancient kingdoms of the Mayans, Incas, Arawak, Tatarists, and the Tikwanwani, the Tikwana in South America. Mm-hmm. All right? So, so this is what we're talking about. Now, you can go and get that information from Dr. Clyde Winters from his books. All right? Somebody else who's putting the pieces of this puzzle together. So when you go and read, remember, we said Mur, M-E-R, comes from out of the ancient Kemetic, which means guardians. And then when you go to Stolen Legacy by George D. James, he tells you, during the Persian and Greek and Rome, Roman invasions, large numbers of Egyptians fled not only to the deserts and mountain regions, but also to the adjacent lands in Africa, Asia, um, and um, Arabia, and Asia Minor, excuse me, where they lived and secretly developed the teachings which belonged to their mystery school, or mystery system. In the 8th century AD, the Moors, native of Mauritania, um, North Africa, invaded Spain and took with them the Egyptian culture which they had preserved. They were the guardians. Knowledge in the ancient days was centralized. It belonged to a common parent or ancestor. So, wisdom teaching or mysteries of Egypt. Right? Note the ancient mysteries were called the Herbach, um, which is the light teachings, or, um, you know, a Hakka, which means the teachings of Tahuti, the wisdom. All right? So, this is what we are talking about. They were the guardians. So we were the guardians of the mystery. This is why earlier on, when you say that in masonry, um, masonry owes more of its debt to America because the ancient Egyptians were here 1700 B.C. And before that, right, this goes all the way back to the Amana age of the 18th dynastic period under Akhenaten, Amenhotep um, the fourth. As he was called, he changed his name to Akhenaten, uh, Auntie. Okay? It's all been recorded. Right, right. So when we see Maru, um, which connects back to the Kushites, because the Kushites were also called Maru or Maro, because you have the capital of Ethiopia, it's called Maro. <laughs> so when people want to say, well, where did the Moors come from? It came from out of Ethiopia. From out of the capital of Moro. How do we know that? Because go and get the encyclopedia of biblical literature. This is every reason to conclude that the separate colonies of priestcraft spread from Moro into Egypt. In the prime, in the primeval monument in Ethiopia, strongly confirms the native traditions reported by Theodorus, right, 
that the right. worship of Zeus, Amun, originated in Maru. Also, the worship of Osar, Osiris. This would render highly possible the opinion that commerce, science, art descended into Egypt from the Upper Nile. And Herodotus called the Ethiopian wise men occupying the Upper Nile, men of long life whose manner and customs pertain to the Golden Age. Those virtuous mortals whose feasts and banquets are honored by Jupiter himself. Now, who is Jupiter? Jupiter is Zeus. Jupiter is the Roman god equivalent to the Greek god, which is Zeus, which is both based on a star. Yep. In the Greek time, the Egyptians depicted Ethiopia or Kush as the ideal state. The Puranash, which is the ancient historical book of India, speaks of the civilization of Ethiopia as being older than that of Egypt. Now, go and get another book, Concepts of God and Traditional Faith of the Maru people of Kenya. Uh-oh, I'm getting ready to show you the Maru, Kenya, Ethiopia, because if you look at the map, Kenya sits underneath where? Ethiopia. So let's get to it now. The Kenyan people be called, being called Maru. There's people who seem like they don't know where the Moors come from. So let's break it down, Brother L. So here, the concept of God in the traditional faith of Maru, people of Kenya. Mm-hmm. Right, so here you have the people in Africa called Maru, coming from out of Kenya, coming out of Ethiopia, coming out of Egypt, right. and you have the old continent called America, and they descended saying that this was the name of this continent was called Maru. Where they get the word America from? Interesting concept, man. Interesting concept, is it not, Brother Al? Yes, it is. So here we have Itari. Right, Dr. Katari, he states, Maru is located in the eastern part of the mountain kingdom, or Mount Kenya. The work began with a literature, a literature, a literature review, and still based on oral traditions, which indicates that the Maru people came from northern Africa. Hold on, check this out, Brother L. Moved right. to Kenya. Uh-oh. We moved to Canaan. As in Canaan land, as in Canaanite, Brother L, moved to Canaan, which is south of Egypt. Maru Arusha, Mozambique, Mombasa, and finally through Tana River to their present land. The Maru people also claim that they came along with all Bantu-speaking community, eastern Southern and Central Africa. The god of the Maru people is Maru Nagu. The same god, Maru or Nagai, is found in America too. Uh oh. The Maru people are called the Nagas. Various Sanskrit books mention the name of old Kushite kings who were worshipped in India 
and who adapted and changed to suit the fancies of later people of Greece and Rome. The Hindu Parashna speaks of the Kushites going to India before they went to Egypt, proving Hindu civilization coevals with that of Chaldea and the country of the Nile. These ancient records that the Egyptians were a colony drawn from the Kush, Kushite or the Kusha Duwat, the Duwipa, and that the Pali, another colony that made the, check this out now, that made the Phoenician, which is the Canaanite, follow them from the land of Kush. In those mm-hmm. primitive days, the central seat of Ethiopia was not the moral of our day, of our day, which is very ancient, but a kingdom that preceded it by many ages, it was called Maru. The Normans mentioned the first men of the ancient world as men of Maru. Sanskrit writers called Ishra, chief god of the Hindu, king of Maru. He was deified and became the chief representative of the supreme being. This was primitive India settled by colonialists from Ethiopia. The Tamils, or the followers of Amin Ra, early writers say that there was very little differences in the color or features of the people of the two countries, of India and of Kush, which is Ethiopia. There was very little difference. But they were the same people. Herodotus has already said that there was two Ethiopians, one in the east, one in the west. He's talking about one in India, who was known as the pre-Davidian or Tamil people, and the ones in Africa, in Ethiopia. All right? That sums it up. Yeah. That sums it up, Brother L. As far as I'm concerned, that makes all the sense in the world. So, when these fools start talking about they don't know where the morals originated, I just gave you the whole synopsis from various historical references of the origin of the morals, where they came from, who their descendants are to this very day. So, in chapter 47, Brother L, of the Morals of the Quran, chapter 7, Everything that we just stated is verified perfectly by Prophet Nobujuali. And I'm not a parrot. See, this is why I read hundreds and thousands of books. And I read hundreds of books every month mm-hmm. in articles and pamphlets every month. So I'm still doing the same thing that I did over 25, almost 30 years ago. Still doing it to this day. Still reading Hundreds of books, articles, pamphlets, booklets, and plus doing internet research. Okay, so um, any any closing statements, brother L, before we get up out of here? Yeah, uh, I advise people to uh, uh, to get the book uh, "Vital Vital's Law of Nations." All right. Well, that's right. Understand nations and how a nations recognize other nations. 
right, Vital, right, from the Book of Um, right, the Law of the Nations. Exactly. They definitely need that book in their library. Um, any other books you want to make mention of, brother? Al? Uh, yes. Uh, your book, The First World Order. Okay, and, I appreciate uh, that. And Nature mm-hmm. Knows No Color Line by J. A. Rogers. And uh, mm, Afri- yeah. Africa's Gift to America, also by J. A. Rogers. Mm. Well, should we talk about J. A. Rogers? Then we gotta give him Sex and Race, Volume One, Two, oh, and Three. Oh, three volumes, yeah, Sex and Race. It's a three volume um, book. Right, Missing Pages of History by Endokinic Kush, as well as his other book, um, What They Never Told You in History Class by Endokinic Kush. Mm-hmm. So we probably gave out probably about maybe twenty five. Um, to 25 to 30 books today, Brother L, in this, in this, just in this lecture itself, in this, um, yeah. discussion, you know, so, uh, I yeah. think we done, I think we did a job on defining is this mission impossible or should we be open to all possibilities? Right. <laughs> what you think? <laughs> I think we did a good job. All right, I think all right. we did a good job. It's up to the people, to, uh, the people who's listening, the people that's not listening, you know, it's up to them. Right. Right, we put right, it out there. Exactly. You know, we dropped it. Right, right. Well, I appreciate you, brother L, and um, appreciate you, you know, going and calling tonight. Appreciate you and doing going to call it tonight. And uh, of course, if you haven't heard the song, this is this is one of my songs. But I got two brothers on it, brother Tomos and brother Heru, and we going in. It's called the Nagas. Can we talk about the Nagas tonight? Let's hear about the Nagas. To the God. You already know, man. Yo, yo, yo. Bohemian wizardry, you fraud them thieves be killing me. The enemy is close. We both lies on our identity. I build like he who steps, architect like M Hotel. Son had the son himself to guard deadly with the art. I fit dark with a slit heart. You can feel it in your bone marrow before the shit starts. Standing in the cold with a scroll that was written in gold. Behold the old glimpse that was never untold. Infinite like the eight seven dwelling in your melon. No felon though the unrighteous say that I'm rebellious. I'm primal. My rhyme suicide. I worship no idols. My style of the gems going down in a spiral. You stuck in your root. My intelligence passed my cool. The God is the truth. Every time I step in the booth, you stepped on the stoop. Got Scoop the swoop in my loop. Do the knowledge, whack them seeds, get slayed like flu. It was the son of a saw, a gift from the gods. Who rules flying through the sky with golden wings. Submerged into the light. Not everybody go to king with the scepter of justice. Melanin cultivating she until we are Aetherians. Finally becoming one with the righteous sun. So law, souls are raw. Magnificent glow with unconditional love. Scattered rays for days from the heavens above. So below the souls. Trapped in the lowest depths of hell, incarnated into 76 trillion cells to break free. We must be refined, masculine and feminine properties combined. The devil is the author of confusion. 183,000 divisions and religions, denominations, sets, codes, schisms, and isms. Though isn't it written in the Bible that Jesus spoke in parables? The scriptures and gospels aren't just historical. Many passages weren't meant to be taken literal. Most of it is allegorical, based on esoteric principles. Baptist versus Methodist, Pentecostal holiness versus Jehovah Witness, Mormons versus Seven Day Advances. Atheists and agnostics, divine and constant tactics of the reptilians, lower fourth dimensional aliens. So beware of the draconian Satanists. Though they aim to imprison all true beings through ignorance, though we crush the head of Leviathan. Battle mind control to fill them with suggestions, brainwashing and indoctrinations, using religious, politics, education, economics, health and labor, entertainment and war. Though 
chessboard game for like we've all been pawns. Puppets on strings controlled by demonic spawns. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. Peace. Peace.